This episode is sponsored by 43 North, a seed stage startup accelerator that's on the hunt for its next cohort. This year, 43 North will make five $1 million investments, each at 5% equity. Visit 43north.org to learn more. Applications close on June 23rd, so you better get on it. Hi, everyone. I am so jazzed that you're listening to the show. Welcome back to the show if you have already listened or welcome if you're new. Today, I have someone very special here on the show with me. I've got Tyler Wells. He is the CTO and co-founder at Propel. He is also the host of the podcast Data Chaos. So check it out. So Propel and I have worked together for many months, actually. I think it's been almost six, six months we've worked together. I can't even believe it. At least six months. At least six months, yeah. And so I wanted to bring Tyler on because first I just wanna, you know, give the exposure for you, but I also wanted to bring you on so that we can just chat through like, why did you decide to work with me? What were you looking for? What was the value? All that stuff. I think that it's pretty fun and, and relevant to talk through after I've done the work with my clients. Like, how did it go? What were you looking for? It's just like really valuable information, valuable knowledge, I think, personally. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on here. A little bit about Propel before we kick it off. So who you're for and what you're building for them. So 99% of product development teams waste their time and money when they plan, build, and support customer dashboards. Propel helps you ship your customer-facing analytics without hiring more people. And I say this all now, but then I think back to when when we were, what was that? You were showing me something. I was saying build more, right? That's the tagline. It's the copy we worked on together. That's right. You guys can't see Tyler's shirt, but it says build more. And we spent a lot of time like talking through a lot of this messaging. And I look back like six months ago, we were not at this place, but then we got here and it's just like, wow, we spent a lot of, this is so important. And it's like, this is how you show yourself now. This is how you talk about yourselves now. And it's so succinct and it's so beautiful. And I just, am I the only one that gets excited about messaging and positioning? Probably not. There are others out there, but I still do. So, well, I would have to say that I am a convert now. I would say coming into the engagement and coming into having to sit down and do all of this, this was not something that myself and my co-founders that we had to do before. Like when our time at Twilio, a lot of that was all done for us, right? There was a giant marketing department and starting Propel in the beginning, it's like, let's just build, we're building, we're building, we're building. And it's like, that's great, we're building, but how are we gonna get that message out there? What is the languaging? How are we gonna describe Propel? And so, you know, for us, it was this whole sort of like misnomer of build it and they will come which is a huge fallacy. It's it's no, let's tell the world about our point of view. Let's tell the world about the category that we want to create. And that's largely where you come in. That's right. Okay, so just quick, a little bit more about Propel. Founded in 2021, based out of San Francisco, seed funded, $4.6 million total. So just so there's like uh, understanding for folks that are listening to this episode, like where are you at? I was going to say, it's hard to say based out of San Francisco. So we are 100% global and remote. We are as far west as Los Angeles now. So used to be San Francisco, now it's Los Angeles, and as far east as Berlin. 
you are 100 correct we are still a seed stage uh, we did close 4.6 million back in 21. we've been nicely conservative with that and are chugging along quite well the lead investor from that was matrix partners who uh, we we adore they've been fantastic and now we're we're adding customers and that's kind of we just talked about our customers in our all hands yesterday we are at nine that are in some state of paying building or getting ready to ship to production oh my gosh love this so much okay so yes thanks for sharing that i know you guys are kind of all over the place but it still says based in san francisco on linkedin <laughs> so uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. But All right. Well, we need to change yeah, that. So. You guys are fully, fully like global now, Berlin as well. So yes. very cool. Okay. So let's chat about, there's been a lot of progress and a lot of work since we started working together. Why'd you decide to work with me? Like, what were you looking for when you were like, okay, we should work with Anna. What were you looking for? The best way to look at it is expertise and professionalism. So if you looked at what our website was before, if you looked at the messaging, that was all led by myself, Nico, you know, whoever else, you know, it's, it's a bunch of developers and that was fine at the time, but you know, these are developers thinking about not necessarily the languaging, the messaging, the point of view. It's just like, what sounds cool, what's going to work and what can we get out there? So People, when they come to our site, because we're building it, they're definitely going to come, <laughs> right? Which wasn't true. But, um, you know, let's put something out there. And for us, it was, we've got to level up. And to level up, we need to bring in a professional. We need to bring in somebody that has a game plan that has done this, that is going to take the three of us and the company and set us on that right path. And it was very important for us to do that. You know, somebody would say like, well, why don't you just bring in sales? Well, I... I need marketing before I can do sales. Marketing drives sales. Marketing is that creator of interest and in sales. And then once we have that in place, okay, I can start to bring in somebody else to come in and start to sell this thing once we've created that machine. But that's was largely what I, you know we needed. We needed someone to come in and be like, this is how you do it. Here is the plan. That plan was needs to be executed upon. It was uh, very well thought out, which I very much appreciated. Like we knew from the start to the very end, what the timeline looked like, exactly what was going to get done, how it was going to get done, what would we be working on that week? And we just went forth and, and did it. Yeah. I don't know if people realize how much time I spend at the very beginning, like hours talking to customers and prospects. I found that to be kind of a unique thing. Not everybody does that or puts a lot of weight into it. Or actually likes that part of the process, which is interesting to me because I, I do enjoy that, like asking people questions, finding out more about them, learning about them. Why do they even care about you? What, what challenges do they have? What frustrates them? What excites them? What are their goals? I was going to say, the, those folks that were talking to you in those early days, we were, we would always you would always come back and we would learn something new, even though we had talked to them previously, but it's sort of at a different level, right? And you're coming in with an approach of like, you've kind of got your questions, you're, you're able to sort of pull back, I guess, I guess not, you know, pull back the veil, get sort of deeper with them in terms of what they're really trying to solve. And like, we did a lot of those things in early days. It was kind of what helped us to start the company, realizing that this was actually a problem. But then once you've actually started to build the platform and then someone like you comes in and sits down with those prospects and or customers, 
we tend to learn a whole lot more out of that. And it really helped to influence, okay, what are the things that are resonating that we think will resonate at a much larger scale? So let's get that into the languaging of our site. Let's get that into our documentation and let's test it and see how that all goes. Absolutely. And remember, we would like focus on words and we're like, should we call it dashboard? Should we call it analytics? Like everything matters, right? Because that just speeds up the process of somebody connecting, understanding, and then wanting to reach out because of course, like the light bulb goes off and they want to talk to you. So that really is the goal there. So what would you say, like we talked about kind of more this process, this expertise, like I've got a game plan, I bring it, I got the timeline. Sounds like I'm very structured. I swear, guys, like I do like to have fun. I'm not always super structured, but in my work, I guess. <laughs> sure. No, the structure was great because it's it sort of it's it's the guideline, right? It's 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 sort of this blueprint. And it wasn't rigid, though. I mean, I use the word structured. It was really nice because it's like, okay, we know these things are going to be taking place at this time. And it sort of helped drive us and, and keep on track. But there were also times where it was like, we need to go back and talk about the wording. And we might spend a week on that. And we did. There were times where we were supposed to be a little bit more ahead. And we we're like, no, this just doesn't feel right yet. Let's go back and talk about the nuance of how we're using this word versus that word. And I think those were some of the things that really hooked me and got me excited about it was like the nitty gritty details, nerding out over like a single word in a sentence and what the impact was and what we were going to take away from that. And also the the design elements too. Like you say the words, but then what are you going to show? And is that the right image? Does that actually portray what we want to portray? Does that make the whole story stronger or does that take away and confuse someone? I agree. And I love how you guys, you're just like a very marketing minded team. You know, you got like the other co-founders coming in and they want to bounce ideas. That's really helpful for me, too. It's not just me coming in and saying this is what you should do, but getting you guys into the process, bouncing ideas off from you, what you see out there, competition, what, you know, so, some of those things, those pieces of information is really, really helpful. You guys were just that's why I love you guys so much. You're so involved and you're so, like I said, marketing minded, which you don't always find, you know, with early stage startups and especially in the industry that you're in. So I super appreciate that. I mean, what's the saying? You have one chance to make a first impression. And, you know, today that site that, you know, you led the redesign on along with our, our UX, you know, our designer, Robbie um, from the visuals, like. The languaging of all of that, that's our first opportunity to make a great impression. So when they're walking away from that, they're going to say, oh, okay, I know the value that I get from Propel. And that's why you're going to hear, that's why our opinion was so, we were throwing it out there because we know that how much we wanted to get that right, even though it'll change. I'm sure next year it might change again as we learn more and as as the market grows. But for right now, it was, it was important for us to to spend a lot of time and get that right. Because when somebody lands there, I want them to walk away with, okay, I see what I can do with this. I see how I can take this platform and solve my problems. You know, I want them to, to have that deep understanding, get excited by it, get that light bulb moment um, and come back and start building with us. Absolutely. So we worked on, you know, there was like the foundational stuff, the voice of customer research, the messaging, the positioning, the 
website, case studies. And then we started working on like, okay, go to market, the strategy that you might want to take, right? And then you guys started actually working on like you you have a newsletter. So I just want to talk about that. When I say marketing minded, I mean, you guys have so much going on, but you still see the value in putting in the marketing, you know, level work. So you've got a, a monthly newsletter that goes out. I'm a subscriber. I love to get it too. And the podcast. So tell me more about like the podcast and what you're doing with it and why you decided to start it. And especially like, like this is still a unique thing for early stage startups to start a podcast. Why'd you decide to do it, Tyler? Well, I mean, we always want that opportunity to get our point of view out there in the world. The newsletter is sort of part of it. Um, maybe not so much. We're kind of more, it's sort of like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here are the things we've launched, right? That that one, the recipe for that's a lot more straightforward. It's informative of strictly Propel. And then we have the content that we produce. So that's in our blog and all the writing that we do out there. You have sort of, you know, technology adjacent stuff we're putting out there. Technology, uh, you know, about Propel in our area, in our space, uh, opinion pieces, point of view pieces. And then we come to the podcast and it was one of your episodes that I listened to where you would talk to another startup company and they had started a podcast and they had started a podcast not to go out there with like a marketing salesy heavy approach about, hey, this is why our company does this and our company does that. But it was about being able to discuss and learn, but also be informative about the industry, about things that they're seeing to learn from individuals coming onto the podcast, to maybe have discussions. Um, I started doing this thing called Data Chaos Bits, which is much you know smaller chunks of podcast material or recorded material, but it's a viewpoint as, as opposed to a conversation between myself and someone else. It could be my viewpoint. It could be me extolling the virtues of, I don't know, GraphQL versus REST, uh, those, those type of ideas. But largely it was that the podcast was another opportunity for people to discover us and that's you know us as founders us as propel to have an opportunity to learn about the problems that we solve uh, and want to solve to get a viewpoint of of different teams or different individuals out there in the same space that are trying to solve problems and how they've done it so i kind of i want it to be very conversational it's it's not meant to be focused on propel it's meant to be focused on building startups it's meant to be focused on data it's meant to be the data the types of problems we've seen within data i haven't had a ton of people on yet that have like we've dug deep into that that's sort of coming but you know it's been a lot of fun so far and and you know i've at least enjoyed doing it um it's it's given me more of an opportunity to get propel out there to you know, talk about things and, and just have the conversations that you just don't get from written content and you have the voice for it Tyler, we talked about well, that. You. You've got like the perfect podcast host voice. I don't. I think my voice is a little bit like high pitched, but I, I, I don't care. I'm still doing the podcast as a host. <laughs> exactly. Please. Do, yeah, definitely. Please don't stop because we all enjoy it. Uh, we love it when you get locked, you know, Christopher on there. Um, that's a lot of fun. But most of the people like you, you, you get on there. We, we're always taking something away from it. We're learning something because it's all about thing problems that we have to solve, too. Right. I mean. We're a seed stage company. You know, people don't know us. We're trying to get our category created and out there. We're trying to get our point of view out there. We're, we, we want more people to change from, hey, I'm going to go build this myself to like, you know, Propel solves this problem for me. And they solve it much easier. And they give me so much more flexibility by, I don't have to go hire a whole team to do this. 
And so, you know, it's fun. It's all fun. Yeah. One of the things that we didn't really touch on here is that throughout the entire time I've been working with you guys, we've sort of discussed this whole, like, if we were to create a category, what category would that be? Because I think one of the things that you find as you're building something, you know, a new startup, building something, solving a problem is sometimes your product doesn't really fit in the existing categories. And so whenever you're trying to sort of explain it to people, you're like, it's a little like this, it's a little like that, but it's not quite that. Then it's just like, why don't we just drop that and start calling it something else so that people get it right away? And then this could be the new thing that people talk about later. Maybe they don't get it right now, but they will later. So tell me more about that and how you're thinking about category design as an early stage startup. Well, first off, it's very hard. It's like you said, right? You you start to describe yourself. You're like, well, we're sort of like this, but we're not like that. We're more like this over here. And so how do we, where, where do we actually fit? We don't want to be, you know, fighting for the bottom 70% or whatever it is. We, we want to be standing alone. And so I think it, the process is still ongoing. You know, we've talked about things like customer facing analytics, but that seems limiting to me. I, you know, we've talked about analytics API platform. We've talked, so it's, it's one of these things that I don't think we've come to a you know, a sort of final spot yet. And so we're still trying to find that niche. We're still spinning, you know, getting that point of view out there as as much as possible and trying to see what resonates and and what works. So it's ongoing, it's ongoing and it's a lot of work. I think it's, it's one of the, it's going to be one of those things that I'd love to say six months from now, okay, here's what it is. This is exactly what it is. And maybe we'll get there, but it's, it's going to take, it's going to take a little more, a little more baking. Yeah. And I I think the point is, and especially after working with you guys, is like there's no way to know whether you should be doing it unless you're in it and you're you understand the, your customers and the problem you're solving and who else is out there and what you have that's different. And then only from there can you like start to make that decision. And it doesn't come right away. Like this is an ongoing process. You're still thinking about words. You take this process very seriously. And that's also another reason why I really like you guys. So. Well, I remember like we had gotten to the point where we're like, okay, it's, it's customer facing analytics. Yes. That makes a ton of sense. And customers facing analytics are so much more than dashboards. You can build all these other things right on top of it. And then it was a prospect shows up. They're like, "Ah, customer facing, that's great. We want that API that you offer. We want that API on top of all of our data. And then that kind of threw us for a loop. And we're like, well, wait a second. Okay, so it's not just customer facing. They're like, yeah, we want that API to provide governance across all of the data we have inside of our enterprise. And the only way they can access it is through your API. And then we can put controls and everything else on top of that. And it's like, well, what are they going to build on that? Well, we don't know. They can build anything because it's an API. We give the we give the developers full flexibility, and we're like, "That's fantastic. We love that." <laughs> how do we? Okay, how do we enable you? Let's move forward. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, well, then maybe we're not customer just customer facing analytics. And so, okay, what are we? It's an iteration, right? It's an iterative process. You're talking to prospects. You're learning about the you know what they find as the most valuable. So. It's a process, and uh, and I think that it's really cool that you're so customer focus. You're listening, you're learning, right? And then as part of that, you're using some of these marketing channels 
to get your point of view out there, to continue to learn. It's not just like, okay, we'll do the podcast so that people can learn about. There's also things that you are getting from it, that the discussions you're having, conversations you're having, learning more about the industry. And then you can also work on your product roadmap in that way and pivot the way you talk about your product and then the category as well. I think there's so much good that people miss out on when they just focus on, oh, it's a marketing channel. Great. That's going to bring us revenue. Like it's not always that direct, right? Yeah. You mentioned the customer focused and we brought a lot of that with us from our time at Twilio. So if you look at some of our core principles, specifically at our time at Twilio, which was where one of them was wear the customer's shoes. And that always resonated with myself and my founders. And we wanted to ensure that sort of mindset and that ethos was very much a part of Propel as well. And so, you know, when we started putting together sort of like, what are our core operating principles? Instead of rewriting that one, we just took it across. We're like, we're ripping that off. Like, I, it, it makes so much sense. Like, you know, having that customer empathy from day one and having that customer empathy in everything that you do, that you build, that you say, that you create, it's just that experience that we wanted as part of our culture from from day one at Propel. And so it was so important for us. And so definitely appreciate that you see that because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about our customers. Oh, I see it, Tyler. You guys are oozing customer empathy. And that's <laughs> why it was such a perfect fit, because I, I love to see that. So thank you, Tyler, so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience, working with me, sharing more about Propel you know, the kind of journey that you guys have taken. I'm so excited to hear about your growth. And if anybody wants to find Tyler, you can go on LinkedIn, Tyler S. Wells. You can also check out Propel by going to propeldata.com. And Tyler, always a pleasure. Love working with you. Love hanging with you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Anna. It's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to listening to more of your uh, great podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.